Here we are at Philippians 3, 1 to 3. Again, and you remember last time we took verse 3 because of this word for and used verse 3 as the foundation of our explanation, which we're going to look at this time, of who these dogs are and why persons would be called dogs, evildoers, mutilators of the flesh. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. And then, remember I said, don't, don't stop there and start brainstorming about what you know about dogs and evildoers and people who cut themselves today. Rather, keep going. Notice that this word for is the ground or explanation of this, which is going to shed enormous light on who these are. For we, we Christians, are the circumcision, so that now we know mutilation of the flesh is what becomes of circumcision when something doesn't happen, namely, who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. So, Father, as we go in the other direction now and, and take verse 3 and use it to shed light on verse 2, show us, Lord, who these are, who they might be in our own experience, whether we have any of these traits in ourselves that we should renounce. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, when you want to find out who the dogs are or why somebody would be called dogs, you can start in the immediate context like we did last time, or you can go wider. Let's do that for just a moment. There is one place in the Bible that I'm aware of where dogs and evildoers are put side by side like they are here, and that's Psalm 22, 16 to 18. Dogs encompassed me. A company of evildoers encircles me. So you see, dogs and evildoers seem to be parallel there, just like they are in Philippians 3. So what's this context here? Dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. This is a prophetic text about what's going to happen to Jesus. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, which is exactly what they did at the foot of the cross. And for my clothing, they cast lots. So this is a picture of the crucifixion and the dogs, the evildoers, you could say, are so ravenous for blood their piercing hands and feet, and so ravenous for mere garments that they're casting lots for them while Jesus is suffering, that they are oblivious to glory. 
If they had known, if they had known. So it seems to me that one of the marks of dogs is that they're so uh, ravenous to satisfy their hunger and so ravenous to get earthly things that they're utterly oblivious to what they're staring in the face. Like a dog who looks at your finger when you're trying to point to the sunset or worse. So you can do that, or you can look up all the places where dogs occurs in the New Testament. Look what this shows us. Matthew 7, 6, do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. The, the point here is dogs are utterly unfit to receive holy things. They don't know what to do with them. They desecrate them or same thing in Matthew fifteen twenty six. Jesus answered, It is not right to give the children's bread, the precious bread offered to the children, and throw it to the dogs. Dogs are unfit for precious things and holy things. They simply desecrate them. So dogs in those days were not pets. <laughs> We're going to get that out of our heads. They were scavengers. They represented what is disgusting, and they ate anything that came into their uh, reach. Here's another text, Luke 16, 21. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. These dogs are so indiscriminate that they would eat pus or Second Peter 2.22, what the true proverb says has become, uh, has happened to them. The dog returns to his own vomit. The sow, after her washing herself, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire, returns to his own vomit. Why in the world does a dog eat his own vomit? Because he's so utterly indiscriminate in what he uses to satisfy his cravings. So you bring all that to dogs here and you realize, oh, this is not <laughs> sweet, sweet pets that we love. These are scavengers who don't have any discriminate sense. They are driven by their appetites. They're unfit for what is holy. They desecrate what they touch. So that's behind, in general, Paul's use of the word dogs. But now let's use the immediate context and then move down a few verses. We said last time that the mutilators of the flesh are the opposite of what we are. So let's take verse 3 and turn its pieces upside down to define the dogs. So we are the circumcision, namely, number one, we worship by the Spirit of God. So dogs don't have the Holy Spirit as their power to worship. Two, the dogs don't have Jesus Christ, don't have Jesus as their glory. Three, the dogs do put confidence in the flesh. The flesh, meaning mere earthly things, mere self-power, self-will. So, if we are the true circumcision, unlike those who mutilate the flesh, then the dogs are the opposite. Namely, they don't have the Holy Spirit. 
They don't have Jesus as their treasure. They do put confidence in the flesh. Dogs just live by the flesh. They eat anything, even their own vomit or lick pus on sores. What becomes of us if we don't have Jesus as our glory and we don't have the Holy Spirit as the power to worship, what becomes of us? We become evildoers and we turn holy things like circumcision into mere mutilation. Now, drop down a few verses. So here we're at 3, 1 to 3, and here we are now at 3, 18 to 19. And notice whether this is a parallel. Many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ, like we saw in Psalm 22, piercing him. They're, they're not standing for what the cross stands for. They're joining in the crucifixion of the cross. Their end is destruction. Why is their end destruction? Three things. Because their God is their belly. Two, because they glory in their shame. Three, because their mindset is merely earthly. Their minds are set on earthly things. And I would simply suggest, I can't make the parallels exact, but these three things that we get from verse 3 to characterize the dogs, do you see parallels here? One, right here. God equals the belly. That's just like the dogs and their appetite. Two, Glory, not Christ, but shame. Three, mindset, earth, earthly, flesh. So my suggestion is that these three marks of those who are going to end up in destruction and are enemies of the cross are parallel to the three marks of the dog here when you turn the, the qualities of Christians upside down. They worship by the Spirit of God? No, the dogs don't have the Spirit of God. They glory in Christ Jesus? No, they glory in their shame. They put... No confidence in the flesh? No. They put all confidence in the flesh, the mere earthly. And I would just end like this. If you ask, why does Paul go to a demeaning word like dogs to describe a group of human beings created in the image of God? And the answer is first, because Jesus did. Don't give dogs what is holy. And the second is that he is not just showing what a true Jew is here. He's showing what a true human is here. If you are devoid of the Holy Spirit, if you don't have Jesus Christ as your glory, but yourself and the world, if you re don't renounce the flesh 
in favor of faith in Christ, but live in love of the flesh, you are dehumanizing yourself, not just turning Jewish covenant signs into mutilation. 